you may have heard of the fashion icon Tommy Hilfiger. But did you know about one of the most famous ad campaigns that he launched to get himself into stardom? Here's the story. The year was 1985 and Tommy Hilfiger was a nobody on the global level. It wasn't that he didn't work hard or didn't have style. It's just that he hadn't broken through yet. The Grad to Great podcast can definitely relate to Tommy Hilfiger circa 1985. Now at this time, pre-internet and social media, advertising was a much bigger deal, especially on TV, radio, and billboards. You've heard of Mad Men? This was really the tail end of that era. The art director for Tommy Hilfiger decided to use this to their advantage and spent $200,000 on a giant billboard outside of Times Square. Talk about go big or go home. So what did he decide to put on this billboard? Other competitors. Well, let me explain. The ad read, the four great American designers are, and underneath was a hangman sort of game with the initials of famous designers in the US already. Let's play together. The first initial was R, four dashes, L, five dashes. Did you get it? Ralph Lauren probably came to mind. How about P, four dashes, E, four dashes, Perry Ellis. Next was C, five dashes, K, four dashes. Maybe the easiest, that was Calvin Klein. And lastly, of course, was T, four dashes, H, seven dashes. Of course, representing Tommy Hilfiger. Under this fun game of Hangman, there was the Tommy Hilfiger logo with a small print that read, In most households, the first three names, Ralph Lauren, Perry Ellis, and Calvin Klein, are household words. Get ready for another. His name, hint, is Tommy. The second name is not so easy, but in a few short months, everybody in America will know there's a new look in town and a new name at the top. Tommy's clothes are easygoing without being too casual, classic without being predictable. He calls them classics with a twist. The other three designers call them competition. Was this too bold? Too arrogant? Maybe. Was it memorable? It sure was. The ad became the talk of the town and Hilfiger was an overnight sensation. Of course, this is not the only reason for his success. Tommy was noted as saying that because his name was aligned with these famous designers, he worked harder than he ever thought he could. He made sure that his reputation would be that of the comparable brands he listed. He is quoted as saying, Every button, every zipper, every buttonhole, every color, every fit, and every fabric was to perfection. What I like about this ad is the risk Tommy took to make his name known to the masses. Typical fashion or beauty ads at the time had models, or at the very least, the items. Next, Tommy compared himself to established brands. This was a risky move, but he put added pressure on himself and on the product quality that he did see through. Lastly, he put all his eggs in one basket with one large billboard in Times Square, instead of spending his budget over smaller scale advertising. Gutsy, but it worked. The key here was that the ad was a big success and created buzz for the brand. However, Tommy Hilfiger would not be around today if he didn't back up the ad with quality and stylish fashion for his consumer. The ad got the conversation started. Tommy's work ethic kept the conversation going. It's a great lesson in advertising for a new brand. 
maybe it's time for grad to great to copy this idea. You've heard of the J2-R4-Experience podcast. How about their competitor grad to great A new episode of G3-2-G4- is coming up. Hello students, welcome to another episode of Grad to Great. I'm your host, Professor Dom. The goal of this podcast is to provide helpful tips, hacks, and stories for students and young professionals in the business and marketing field that will help them navigate as they transition from school to career. Today's episode is a weekly roundup which covers the top stories in the marketing world. Our first story covers the release of a new technology. DAL-E is now available to the public. Now this is not to be mistaken with the lovable Pixar character WALL-E, but rather the open AI tool that generates digital images from text. They recently removed the waitlist and you can now sign up to use their service. Now, their technology uses a technique called latent diffusion, obviously, to learn the associations between words and images. This means that you can type in text, a description, and it'll generate a 1024 by 1024 pixel image. You can definitely have some fun with this app. You can create a simple red banana on a yellow table with a blue wall, or you can get more detailed to a wide shot outdoors sunset photo at golden hour with a dramatic back lighting of course i chose to type monkey in astronaut suit riding a horse on the moon impressionistic art i was not disappointed so far it is estimated that over 1.5 million users are on the platform creating 2 million images a day as a new user you will get 50 free credits and then you'll be able to purchase 115 credits for $15 each. More importantly, what does this mean for the future of marketing? Is this the beginning of the end for creative jobs? Will we need photographers or designers when we have AI? Maybe not today, but should we be concerned if it improves its interface and understanding of text that this will replace some of these creative jobs? Now, I'm not in the space, but I feel that there is a bit of disruption brewing. At the same time, I feel that a combination of both human element and AI may be where creatives can succeed. They can save time on generating some ideas or concepts, and of course add their design touch to each of these images. Now if you thought that everything I just said was impressive, in the short time that we have been exposed to text to image technology, Meta and Google are already jumping ahead and planning to launch text to video technology. Some of the examples shown on various websites, but to be honest, there's still some work to do. The videos are clearly artificial, with some distortion in the animation, but that does not mean that this is something to ignore. Similar to -to text-to-image technology, as the AI understands and collects more information, it will be able to better produce more lifelike content. I'm not saying we are close to a text-to-video movie in the near future, although that would be pretty cool and economical, But short clips or marketing promotion in the 5 to 15 second range can be right around the corner. Amazing to see what is happening with AI in the creative space. What will be the impact of this technology over the next decade? Hey, Dali, produce a pencil and watercolor 
of a business person dreaming about a futuristic, dystopian world. Hmm, that's exactly what I thought. Check out our Instagram for the full result. Our next story talks about a big issue and possible solution to the growth of online sales, especially for clothing brands. H&M is thinking, brace yourself, of instilling, are you sitting down? Return, wait for it, fees, return fees on merchandise in some of their markets. That's right. It could be possible that down the road, the idea of buying something online and returning hassle-free may be gone. This report came from CNN Business, where H&M has said that they will try to test this out in a few markets, but it'll only apply to online returns. If a customer returns a product that was bought online in store, there is no fee. So online there is a fee, but if you buy online and pick up in the store, or simply buy in the store, there is no fee. And if I buy online while standing in their store, this is just getting confusing. The point is that I can't overbuy clothing items and just return the ones that don't fit anymore. Don't act all innocent, I'm not the only one who does this. In fact, Social.com reports that 30% of online shoppers do this. 26% of returned products in the US are clothing items, but 62.5% of customers expect free returns within 30 days of purchasing. So why this sudden change for H&M? And what does your initials actually stand for? Heartless and merciless? Before I get too angry, I should understand that higher raw materials and energy costs, a stronger dollar, exiting the Russian market, and less consumer spending, especially on fast fashion due to its negative environmental effects, has put pressure on the retailer to cut costs. CNBC recently reported that retail returns jumped to an average of 16.6% in 2021 versus 10.6% a year ago. According to a survey by the National Retail Federation and Apris Retail, that adds up to more than $761 billion of merchandise that retailers expect will wind up back at stores and warehouses. Lastly, another issue plaguing retailers these days is excess inventory. With COVID, there have been delays in shipments, as well as fluctuations in spending habits across all industries. This is specifically hard on seasonal retailers, including clothing retails. Combine all these factors together, and we have the first retailer fighting back. In my opinion, I think this fee will turn away many customers. It may be better to have the customer just keep it and offer an additional discount. Now, if other similar retailers jump on board of this trend of fees, then the customer will have no other alternative but to shop more attentively and thoughtfully before making a purchase. Until that happens, H&M may not see any of my H&M hard-earned money. Our last story highlights a major athlete purchasing a major sports team. Okay, the athlete is major, the sports team not so much. In fact, they don't even have a name. LeBron James, maybe the most well-known athlete on the planet, has officially gotten his hand in sports ownership. I know what you're thinking. Which basketball team? The Lakers? The Celtics? The Raptors? None of these. In fact, we're not even in the right sport. LeBron James is a proud owner of a team, 
yet to be disclosed in the MLP, the Major League Pickleball? That's right. I asked the same questions you did. Why did he do it? What in the world is pickleball? Well, let's start with the second question first. Pickleball have players using a small, solid face paddles. Players try to hit a hollow plastic ball with holes over a net on a badminton-sized court. Think of ping pong, tennis, and badminton rolled into one. Here's where it gets interesting. These next few stats actually may blow your mind. Pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. That's right, pickleball. The fastest growing age group? Players under 24. Google Trends show double the amount of interest from January 22 to October 2022. The game was created by three middle-aged fathers who named it after their dog Pickles. Okay, not that mind-blowing, but is there any other sport named after a pet? Not that I know of. The MLP has 12 teams, but with the growth of financial backing including other celebrities, Kevin Love, Draymond Green, Andrew Brees, and famous entrepreneur Gary Vee, they are looking to grow to 16 teams. Other celebrities that have shown interest in the sport include Kevin Durant and the Kardashians. New businesses have jumped on the growth too, it seems. Camp Pickle, which will feature a restaurant, bar, and indoor and outdoor pickleball courts, plans to open in 10 locations across the country by 2026. Similar concepts include Chicken and Pickle, Smash Park, and Electric Pickle. Sounds more like music festivals than a sporting event to me. Currently, there are 4.8 million players in the U.S. with a goal of 40 million by 2030. That is potentially a large market. So what's my take on this story? Well, here's the thing. I do not know anything about pickleball, nor do I think this is any different from tennis or badminton. Do we really need a middle ground sport? However, there seems to be a growth in the likeness of the sport. I also noticed there are a lot of basketball players following suit too. The one difference I see with basketball players versus any other athlete in other sports is that they tend to be more influential. The NBA has always marketed their stars as individuals with personality, so I think their following is paying more attention to their actions compared to other major sports in North America, such as hockey, baseball, and football. So as a player, I have no interest. As a marketer or investor, I'm intrigued. I would highly consider any opportunity to get involved with the sport if it aligns with my brand. To be an original partner or sponsor of a growing sport, especially at this level, may be beneficial for some brands with a limited budget. I don't know how big this will get, but can you imagine LeBron James with his own pickleball shoe line? Move over, Air Jordans. Pickle LeBrons are on their way. We will end the show with a couple of quick hits of news articles that I found interesting. Firstly, Google expands on their multi-search technology. This is a new way to search using images and text simultaneously. Imagine seeing a dish or a plant and then taking a picture of it and being shown the most local place where you will find those items. They are also changing the look of Google Maps. They want it to be more immersive to get a feel for the place before you go there. From their website, they provided this example. Say you're interested in meeting a friend at a restaurant. You can zoom into the neighborhood and the restaurant will give you a feel for what it might be like at the date and time you plan to meet up. Visualizing things like the weather and learning how busy it might be 
By fusing our advanced imagery of the world with our predictive models, we can give you a feel for what a place will be like tomorrow, next week, or even next month. Gotta love Google. The other news story that I found interesting was M&M's and their launching of a new color into their set. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to see a purple M&M. Now, what's amazing to me is the contrasting stories I just told. One about Google and how much they've invested into technology and using predictive models to try to guess the future and what we can look at. The other is M&M's, who simply changed the color of their outside chocolate coating to purple. And yet, as I read both stories, truthfully, I was more excited for one. That's right. Google, you are able to show me what a place will look like in the future if I plan to go there, but you'll never match the intrigue and curiosity I will get from trying a purple M&M that tastes like every single other color. I don't know why that is, but I gotta give it to M&M's. I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Thank you all for listening to today's show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We do appreciate all your support, and we'll talk to you next time on another episode of Grad to Great.